Football at Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, how's everybody doing here? Uh, Jeff Lloyd here, obviously your host, as always, daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, guys, if you got to Monday's episode or you haven't yet, um, the you know obviously with the Kareem Hunt talks, um, please go ahead and give that another run. Uh, that has gone on to be the most downloaded episode in the history of the podcast. Um, difficult subject to cover, and I thought we, we did it pretty fairly, and you know we still you know highlighted the highs and lows. I mean... Kareem Hunt's a good football player. Obviously, Matt Waldman last night. We're going to continue the trend of great guests here. I got another special one coming tomorrow night, but obviously we'll we'll hold that one off for now. Um, from Bleacher Report, from Stick to Fo- Football, my fellow Jersey guy, Connor Rogers. How we doing, buddy? How you holding up so far through the process? Oh, so far so good, Jeff. How are you, my man? We're good. We're good. You know, the, uh, you know there was a th- uh, schools were canceled yesterday for a dusting, but whatever. Hey, you know. Yikes. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I still want to work. That's all that matters, Connor. Um, Connor, we're gonna get into co- me, man. <laughs> we're gonna get a couple things here, uh, and we'll even do a little Jets. Obviously, cause the Jets are on the schedule here again, as always, because you would think that they're in the same division the way it works year in year out. Connor, just a couple of quick ones here, right off the bat. No doubt in your mind, best offensive prospect, best defensive prospect in this class. Oh, man. Well, I think defense is easy. It's Nick Bosa. I, I know there are people out there that feel Quinn and Williams can challenge that. I'm not one of those people. I love Nick Bosa. I think he has really everything you look for in a pass rusher. I mean, the size, the big hands, a former team captain. He's from an elite football family. But, I mean, he's got the length. He's strong. He's explosive off the snap. I, th- I think he can get really tight around the corner and and, he, I mean, even his ability to bend at that size is impressive. This is a do-it-all defender. So, Nick Bosa far and away, assuming medically everything goes as planned, uh, you know, coming off I, what I believe was a core muscle surgery. That's what they described it as, probably hernia-related. I mean, he's just a great football player and should undoubtedly go number one. At where it gets true on the offensive side of the ball, yes, it does. there's a ton of different names. I mean, Jonah Williams is not just over, like a Tyron Smith tackle. But still worthy of taking in this class where he could be a very, very good offensive tackle at the next level no matter what other people tell you. He has elite center traits. I mean, there's no really way around it, Jeff. This is a defensive class it's up front, up top. I mean, I think eight of the top ten picks be on – well, you know, we're getting mixed. But a lot of the top ten picks might be on defense and a lot of the top 15. You just have a lot of guys in the mix here. I think Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery are absolutely fantastic running backs. And work in round one consideration. That would be easy to do. I like Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. I think both have, you know, obviously starting potential, but upper tier starting potential to maybe be top 12 or top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL in the future. So there's a handful of guys, but once again, this is clearly just, you feel a lot stronger about the defensive prospects in this draft from top to bottom. Yeah, and we actually started um, the other night. We started, you know, through a, through a couple episodes here. We're going to do, you know, a, a pre combine mock, and it was it was you know defensive lineman, defensive lineman, defensive lineman, defensive lineman, defensive lineman. I even think we had a corner in no there. No doubt. And I believe I think, believe we had that nine out of ten that were on the uh, defensive side of the ball, like you said. Uh, so you need help there. And look, I mean, the way the rate is going and the scoring rate, and everybody can do it. It's probably a good year for a great defensive line class. Um, it's weird when you talk about the offensive side of the ball, and you just don't usually go to quarterback. Um, you know, maybe Haskins. You know, obviously, you know, Jersey guy. Maybe he's got. You know, there's. You know, you would have liked more of his career. Kyler Murray is interesting because if you just want to get away from the fact that he's a tick below five foot ten, and you just flat out what he watch what he did last year, 
I mean, it's you know, I mean, you kind of get like a Mahomes light vibe. Like you get, you see the baseball player arm, and there's just throws that. <laughs> there's other guys in this class; they can do anything they want. They're not going to be able to put the ball in places that he can. There's also some people with a, you know, I wish it was more than 16 games of experience. But now, the further and further we get into this, you know, you go look at Carson Wentz's numbers. You go look at Mitchell Trubisky's numbers. There's not much difference. I mean, they didn't throw the ball much more than Kyler Murray did, or vice versa. So, and these guys still went extremely high. So all of that stuff factors in here. And it's just, you know, it's obviously a lot going on, you know, and it's all going to play itself out. I think what Kyler Murray absolutely did was the right decision. I think too many people don't understand. And Kyler, I mean, and uh, Connor, I know you're a baseball guy. You can follow this. I think people just think like his choice was, I'm going to go bat lead off and play center field for the A's tomorrow or try out this quarterback thing. And that was not the way it was going to work out. I completely agree. Let's not forget, Jeff, he hit 261 in college. And I know the argument is, well, he hasn't focused on baseball. Uh, playing baseball is really hard. I think people are forgetting that. Like, the, the fail rate is absolutely insane. And this guy's a really good quarterback. And I think with the endorsement money and the draft slot that he will go in, he's got to make more money up front as a football player. There was a chance Kyler Murray never made it as a major leaguer. And I know people will sit here and say well, there's a chance he, he gets broken in half as a quarterback because of his size. But I just look at the guy's odds, and, and he loves playing quarterback. People are forgetting this is a human being that actually has an emotional attachment to playing football, an undefeated, legendary high school quarterback that it, his college career did not start out the way he had hoped, but it finished the, the way he had expected with the Heisman Trophy and now projected as a first-round pick. So. I'm excited to dive more into the coach's film of Kyler Murray. I actually put that off a little longer because we just didn't know if he was going to fully commit to the draft, and now he has. But what I have seen in just watching early on and obviously seeing all the broadcast games, a tremendous amount of talent. You brought up Dwayne Haskins. He's somebody that I actually finished up most of the coach's film today. Another player, one-year starter. But like you said, Jeff, tremendous passing production. I mean, you look at what he did, and yeah, I know people are going to say screens, crossers, a lot of underneath stuff. He also did a lot of impressive intermediate stuff, too, I, and I, the traits are there. That's what you look for in a quarterback are the traits. The guy has a really a flick of the wrist, the way the ball explodes out of his hand. I think he really is an anticipation thrower, not the best athlete, not a guy that's going to improvise, but he has a feel for the pocket. That's a big thing. We look at somebody like Jared Goff where – He's the same way where he's not a good athlete to make plays out of the pocket. But I actually think Haskins has this good feel in the pocket where he could sense a guy even when he can't see him. So I like Dwayne Haskins. And if a team takes him in the top ten, I understand it. I know a lot of people are arguing Haskins isn't going to grade it out as a top ten pick. That's not how this works. Quarterbacks are going to go high. And Dwayne Haskins is a good football player. So when him and Kyler Murray go in the top ten, I I hope it's to a situation where – they can really utilize their strengths, which are very different, per se. But when it comes down to it, I think both guys are talented enough to be starters in the league. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the Jets, for example, why, you know, some a lot of people question Mike McCagan. Why is he still there? Because he's got the quarterback. So now, it, you know, you, you've got that chip. It's a lot easier. And, you know, look, Haskins, you know, obviously Ohio State's not a football factory in the terms of the quarterback position. But there were some people who really liked what Cardell Jones did. But now you're seeing it where you actually have a, a guy who's legitimized it and, and it showed in everything he did. He put up the big passing numbers, whether it was yardage, whether it was touchdowns. He, he put everything on the table. I, I still think he's quarterback one. Uh, you know, I think Kyler Murray's going to play into that mix well. And I remember 
texting and emailing people after the Senior Bowl. And I said, well, what quarterback helped themselves the most this week? And it was like 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Kyler Murray wasn't even there. And he helped yeah. himself the most because it's, you know, it's your competition is going to, you know, at a position is ultimately going to lead to your draft position. And look, I mean, this is a league still starving for quarterbacks. You know, had five guys go round one last year. And you still saw by week 15, 16, 17 last year that oof, some of these teams are in an awful, awful position. Uh, we do want to talk to you some wide receivers. And, you know, we'll get in a little Jets Brown stuff in a little bit here and a little bit with that. Um, first things first, what is going on with DK Metcalf? <laughs> what I mean, he, is he, he looks like he's looks like he's working out in New Jersey. I mean, you and I know that well. Uh, I mean, is you know, is WWE a backup option if this wide receiver thing oh doesn't my work? God. I mean, the well, term swole, and that, that picture is swole. Yeah, I guess the neck is feeling better. I mean, that's what you'd like to think now. So when it comes to Metcalf, it's interesting. A lot of people are saying, oh, it, uh, actually in fear of this. You know, they're like, oh, he reminds me of David Boston. Yep. Now, Boston had some huge years, obviously. But long term, is this a guy where will tweak strains, poles, will that kind of stuff be concerning because of the muscle mass? I also thought Josh Gordon, actually, when I saw him, I'm like, man, he's he kind of plays the same way at times, too. It's not that crazy. Now, I think Metcalf does have some things to work on. I've seen a lot of people consider him this top five kind of talent that, you know, warrants, you know, a top ten selection. And I understand on an upside the spectrum of the scale, I, I think he can turn into a really, really dominant wide receiver. I don't think he's there yet. I like the way he high points the ball. I like, you know, how he can make plays after the catch. He's hard to tackle down low. That's one thing you notice right away after he catches the ball. But, it's good to see him put in the work, Jeff. This is a guy that has a lot to prove. He's apparently cleared to go. He's going to participate in the combine coming off a significant neck injury. And, you know, we're going to see where his stock is from there. I'm very curious to see how he runs. And I think, you know, he'll jump pretty well, too. And he's just he's just that guy. And, I mean, look, you will get concerned because you still want, you know, at the position. And, look, and it's weird with a guy like DK Metcalf because – me and every other wide receiver that I ever played with, it was all right. Let's go to the weight room. Let's get this out of the way. Let's do what we got to do. It's you know normally yeah. the wide receivers aren't the guys trapped in the weight room like oh can you stay another twenty minutes? I want to do a little more of this. But you do worry about flexibility and you know bendability, kinesiology, you know the bending of the body and stuff like that. And but look, if at worst all he's got to do for the rest of his career is maintain. God bless him. Uh, you know we'll see where we're at with that. Um, I do want to do something a little different here. Well, we're going to do it with the wide receiver position. I want you, Connor, to build me a wide receiver room. Uh, you know, give me a one, a two. You know, uh, give me five, six guys. Take this class and give me maybe five, six guys that would mesh together and guys that you will see who, in in the role they would be given, will be guys. You know, in the NFL, hopefully seven, eight careers, injuries withstanding. It's interesting. I think my two guys that I would want to start with off the top would probably be Kelvin Harmon and DK Metcalf. But I think you're getting a high floor guy in Harmon, and you're getting a high ceiling guy in Metcalf. And I think both of these guys are just quarterbacks' best friends. When you look at what they could do on the outside, and we will get to the slot in a little bit, and maybe we'll talk a little bit of an H, you know, kind of a mismatch player or somebody that can work the seam. Um, but when you look at these two guys, Harmon is somebody that. He's never going to wow you in the 40, and I think that's important to know here. But the way he can separate, especially at the top of this route, and the strong hands that he has, a lot of people were high on Ryan Finley over the summer, Jeff, and I think they missed the point of how good Kelvin Harmon is when watching Finley. 
Harmon is somebody that he, he always knows where the marker is. He always knows how to get there. He can really turn up field after the catch the same way Metcalf can. And now I think Metcalf offers you a lot more vertically and over the top, but I think Harmon does a lot of the little things, right, where he's a refined player. So if you can give me those two guys on the outside for a quarterback, I'm very, very happy with there. Like I said, Metcalf is a guy that I think has a little bit more development ahead of him, where Harmon is, I don't want to say max out, but he's just a more refined player in my eyes, where if you put him in a system he could thrive in right away, say Indianapolis, or, you know, obviously we talk about the Packers and the Saints because of the elite quarterbacks there. He will have high-impact stats right away as a rookie, uh, high-impact production. But when you look at the slot, it gets really interesting because there's a lot of different guys here that can work the slot, some that are probably day three guys like Hunter Renfro and Penny Hart, right? We can't mm-hmm. take somebody from the first round and just put him in the slot. I thought, you know, with Renfro and Penny Hart both flash in the senior bowl. I think Renfro is somebody that – He's got some of the smallest hands in this trap that he catches everything somehow. Literally everything thrown his way, he catches. I think Hart was very explosive off the line of scrimmage. He's a guy that separates very easily, and it kind of had the opposite problem of Renfro, where he just he dropped a lot of passes. And I think a lot of that's catch radius. When you have those short arms, you kind of need a perfect ball more often than not. But I think both guys' day three options are very intriguing to me. I mean, when you look at the slot options, those are two that stand out. I think Terry McLaren had a really, really nice senior bowl and somebody that can play all over the place. I know people like Paris Campbell. I don't. I think he's going <laughs> to run a 4-3. That's, That's fantastic. Great, right? he, he, I don't want to spend yeah, he's much never, teaching him how yeah. to play wide receiver. Exactly, Jeff. And you know what? That might not be it. I, I think he's a gadget guy, and I hate that phrase because if you're a gadget guy, how much, how valuable are you? He, he runs really fast, right, Paris Campbell? I, I don't see the route. He drops a lot of balls. He's, you know... Yeah, he's that fast, but can he separate on anything except a nine? I think it's just somebody where if we're talking about Paris Campbell on day three, I'm fine with that. But a lot of this round two kind of talk is a speed. I think that's insane. But uh, let's get right to the point here. My perfect number three receiver after all of that, besides <laughs> Harmon, Metcalf, those are my guys. McCall Hardman from Georgia. I oh love my God. this yep. guy. Five-star recruit, superb athlete, just you know, a great mindset on and off the field as a worker and somebody that can just kill you over the top. And if you put – now, I've, I put him in the slot here kind of cheating because he's a smaller guy, That's you know, and I'd like to get him manufactured touches. I'd like the bubble screens. I like the reverses. The short cross – the underneath crossers and drag routes for him. Nobody's running with him. Been, nobody's running with him. Nobody's running with him. So if, if you give me in this draft – Harmon and Metcalf, and then put McCall Hardman in the slot. The, honestly, Jeff, when all is said and done, those three guys could be my top three receivers overall. I think that highly of all three of them. I and, think and Hard- have a little fun here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think Hard- I think Hardman could be what everybody hoped and thought Philip Dorsett would be. That's fair. Yeah, totally fair. I saw some T.Y. Hillen you know, comparisons. I don't think that's absolutely insane. I saw some of those floating around on Twitter. Um, it, it, you're looking for a scene mismatch amongst this bunch. It's funny how people have kind of cooled on him in a way. I think Noah Fant is fantastic. I, I love this guy's game. I think he's, he's got that great alpha-style blocking where he's not the biggest guy, but he'll come at you. And he's just a nightmare up the seam. He's going to beat your linebackers. He's probably going to beat up your defensive backs because of his size. It, not the best hands in the world, but good enough. I, I love him as a mismatch weapon at the back end of round one. So you give me those four guys, and you got an all-star offense. And, and th- that was even the thing. And one thing more, more to get back to Hardman was you've seen it all, though. Uh, you've seen the returnability. You've seen him run the ball. 
And you know, I, you know, a lot of people are with the you know, uh, obviously you know, the production and all of that and how all that factors in. Georgia got to a point where, and Alabama's gone through this too. You've just got seventy-two five-star skill players at running back, wide receiver, tight end. These guys aren't going to have the numbers because you can't preach to a freshman when you're Georgia and say, "Oh, well, you know, want to know what? In eighteen months, you're going to be a real focal." Then I'm going to go somewhere else, coach. These guys have to get reps. That's the way these programs continue to remain top five in the nation. So, you know, these guys, oh, well, you know, the, I wish they'd have more production. It's it's just, you, you got to deal with it. Did they produce when they were, you know, called upon? Uh, I know the tight end at Georgia, Nada, is another one of those guys. Very limited in the reps he got because there were so many mouths to feed at Georgia, but always produced when his number was called. So, I mean, it, it's it, for the, you know, that when, you know, as far as, you know, the, the production analysis and the market share and everything with that stuff, some of these schools, it creates a difficult circumstance in that way. Guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns here. Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report, from Stick to Football. Um, guys, do me a favor. iTunes rating reviews. Now's a great time to go ahead and drop one for me. Thank you very much, guys. Now, Connor. Uh, now, Jets, Browns. Um, look, Browns are drafting 17th. Jets are drafting third again. But it is the... Nicest thing in the world, and Connor, we've gone through this forever with the Jets, and the Browns fans have gone through it forever. The biggest X on the board, you're not worried about. So I'm going to start here. Should the Jets, if that phone rings and the offer is reasonable and right, should you get the heck out of three? Oh, my God. This is the easiest decision <laughs> in the entire draft. Assuming number one and number two in Arizona and the 49ers, don't do something insane like let Nick Bosa fall to three. That's the only way. The only way, Jeff, that you don't move out of three. Okay, so there you go. That's it. Now, uh, with all the money, and this is part of the issue, though, and this is kind of, you know, when I went through this last year with all these Browns fans, and it was all this cap space, all this cap space. And my thing was, well, are you sure these guys are going to come? Do you think the Jets have enough of a sellable product? Le'Veon Bell, I honestly don't think cares about a sellable product. Um, no. <laughs> if there's one thing we learned from Darrell Revis over the years, the S at the end of the name was for a dollar sign. Le'Veon Bell, if you're the best offer, he's coming there. But do you think free agents are looking at the Jets? And look, I mean, you look at a guy, I mean, Jamal Adams, that's enough of a selling point if you're a defensive player. Do you think there's enough there to sell to some, what, whoever they may be, these premium free agents for the Jets? I think finally, and I think this is the case for both the Browns and the Jets because of one big thing you alluded to earlier, it's the quarterback position. I I mean, guys want to play where they know a potential star is at quarterback that can lead them to wins. And at the end of the day, yes, it's the money that matters. But we've heard for years the Jets were going to go on big spending sprees and just whiff on guys they tried to pay a lot of money and they didn't want to go there because guess what? When you tie with a team or you come close to tying with a team for money, it, it comes down to your location and your roster and your staff. So And the state I, you're I located think, in where state income tax may play yeah. a factor. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So I think the Jets are in a position where, one, they can overpay. And guess what? Everybody on the free agent market overpays these days. And number two being that they really do finally have a product or a program there that they could sell to teams because – I do think guys will want to play with Sam Darnold. You make a point with Le'Veon Bell, the guy wants to get paid above all else. I do think the you know, a low-key 
thing for him in New York is that he does some of his recording in New York City, and, and the guy has another career besides football, and that's music. So it's, a, it's all about the money, but sometimes it is the little things that can you know, create tiebreakers in a sense. So it's interesting with the Jets. They have a lot of holes to fill. I know the Browns, they have less holes to fill, but would still like to go out and probably get a few pieces in this market, maybe more so on the secondary market. But And it's also, I know, you know, Browns fans have been talking about defensive line in the first round and one of their favorite targets in Jeffrey Simmons goes down. So maybe they do explore that. It's kind of interesting. It's, you know, the Jets have a lot of options, though, here. They probably need another receiver. They need a center. The more offensive line, the better. They need another cornerback. They need at least one pass rusher and probably another linebacker. That's a lot of holes to fill, but that's why you have over $100 million, and hopefully you finally have a pitch that actually has these splash signings come to life. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, guys, Connor Rogers here. Um, guys, the Locked On NFL podcast, Matt Williamson, uh, host like me, the fantasy aspect to it. Um he brings all that in. He also brings in the draft hosts. So the Locked On NFL podcast, Matt Williamson, does a great job, guys, over there. Make sure it's under the rotation. Got just some closing points here before we put a bow on this. As far as what do you guys have planned? Uh, I know you and Matt, and Matt is Matt's always dreaming big as far as where you're taking the show, the podcast and things, you know, uh, going live again, you know, at the Combine and things of that nature. What's next for you guys here? And I guess we're almost what I'd say about a little, little over two months away from that. Fi- you know, that for, before the bell rings in April. Got it. It never really slows down. But when it comes down to it, I mean, we're going to be at the combine, which is just awesome. Love being out at the combine, Indy. Uh, we'll be at Two Deep Brewing on March second. That's Saturday at five p.m. out there. We'll do a, a stick to football meetup. It was a blast last year. They're great to us at Two Deep. They really hook everyone up. So. We'll have a huge meetup out there. Obviously, we have our eyes on everything with the Combine and, you know, hopefully get some buzz of what's going on out there as well. And then just from there, Jeff, it really doesn't stop. I mean, the coverage of the Pro Days, we have three shows a week right now, Monday mornings, Wednesday mornings, and Friday mornings, all of our shows release. And Draft Week will be bigger than ever here. I mean, I think we're going to do something in New York City, hopefully the beginning of Draft Week, maybe that Monday or Tuesday. We'll go live all three days, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday, literally all day. And we'll have podcasts releasing every single morning. So, uh, Signal Football is getting bigger and better than ever. And while it is a little exhausting, I absolutely love it. (laughs) You know what it is, though? And and that's what I tell everybody. Being able to just do this part, you can get so much more content out so much more quickly. And, Connor, if anybody gets laryngitis, I'm only a train right away, but you know that. That's, that's right, man. In Jersey, the uh, the great streets of New Jersey. So you have to you have to make your way up if we do something in New York City this year. I think there's no doubt about it, buddy. Um, kind of want to thank you. I know you got to run here, uh, guys. This has been locked on Browns. Uh, make sure you're uh, checking out Stick to Football. You know Connor, Matt Miller, uh, Matt's Matt's brother. They they do a fantastic job. You know work the guests in. Uh, I, a little little jab here is I I beat him one show earlier. Michael Dog. Dog Bay out of Temple, but a great kid. But it's fun. This is the fun time of the year because we get to do football, and it's there's no X's and O's analysis. There's no winners, no losers. So a lot of this now is just talking ball, which makes for a fun, fun part of it for everybody who's doing it. So make sure you guys checking everything out that Connor's doing. The Locked On Browns Twitter account, guys. It's always follow back. Uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, I appreciate all the support here this week. Uh, obviously, you know we're just continuing to grow and grow and pound out stuff. I, you know, and you guys have just been along for the ride, helping me grow this and making it even bigger. I appreciate it. It's been your daily delivery of all things Doug Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.